Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. And Perkins and IQ Rizzoli. And uh, I've got IQ and uh, we're waiting on Dan to connect with us here on Skype. And uh, let's see if we can just add Dan in here. Uh, for whatever reason, Dan's uh, Dan's Skype is having some issues today, but uh, we are going to try to uh, connect him uh, here on our big program. Find us on JiggyJaguar.com. Also find us 50-plus AM FM stations across the country and around the world. iHeartRadio as well, and there's Dan Perkins. Dan, how are you, my friend? I got a terrible cold, and uh, that's nothing compared to the fact that my brother-in-law passed away last Friday. Holy smokes. Uh, second, one, second one in six weeks. Holy smokes. Wow. Uh, we've got IQ Al Rizzoli with us today. IQ uh, and, and, and I last week uh, uh, took care of the program. Uh, we wondered where you were. Uh, I, I find out later that uh, you you had some power issues out there. Uh, yeah, in, in, a in very your bad, bad storm in your neck of the woods, and um, mm-hmm. IQ. Uh, well, actually, I, I want to start with Dan. Uh, Dan, there there seems to be. Uh, we were talking a little bit with Josh Bernstein at at, at the last segment about this. Uh, the left wing seems to be disrupting this Kavanaugh uh, hearing. Uh, what do you make about all this, my friend? Well, <clears throat> they. Uh, uh, I wrote a piece on this some time ago, uh, and I think that the Democrats are making a mistake. And let me tell you why. They're going to alienate so many American voters in the way they're treating Kavanaugh. And he's already told them he's going to use the, the Ruth Bader Ginsburg uh, <clears throat> position in testimony, that he's going to tell any senator, regardless of which party, uh, who wants to know how he's going to vote on a particular issue, that he's not going to do that because it's inappropriate for a judge to have a preconceived opinion without looking at the evidence in form. So they, they know that's coming. He's, he's been very adamant about it. And, um, and, but the reason why they're, 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 they're taking the wrong tact is they don't understand. Um, by bringing Kavanaugh in, uh, 75% of the time Kennedy voted with, with the right. And 25% he voted with the left. So it's true that Kennedy will never be a swing voter. Uh, I don't think. You never know what happens to somebody when they become a member of the Supreme Court. Um, but the the Democrats seem to be making what I consider to be a, a, a fatal mistake. Um, Gorsuch was the one which saved the court for the right. Kavanaugh is now going to bring the age of the court down to a much younger, and it's going to make the, the remaining left wing extremely old. Now, I think that Ruth Gator, Bader Ginsburg has convinced the Democratic Party that she's never going to die. She's going to be there forever. What, they're, what the Democrats are not understanding is that she's almost 90 years of age, 
and I don't know that she can function for another six years waiting for Donald Trump to leave office because that's what she said she might want to do. So the reality is that there's a good possibility that Ruth Bader Ginsburg is going to either die or retire for health reasons because she can't longer function as a judge. And now Mr. Trump is going to be in a situation where he's going to appoint another conservative judge, which will make it 6-3. What's going on is that their, 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 their attack of Kavanaugh, when so many organizations, uh, legal organizations, have supported him as a great candidate for, for justice, they're going to find themselves in another, another situation where they are added to the top ten list of things that Democrats shouldn't do in the, by the midterm elections, and they're going to really try to go after him, and they're going to do a Clarence Thomas or more, maybe in spades, uh, on him. And as a result, I think he will be confirmed. But now we've got a situation where the left is so far away from the mainstream of America. And I did a piece, I think I sent it to you, Jim, a couple of weeks ago, top ten reasons why the Democrats are going to lose the midterms, is they're not going to get control of the House. They're not no chance of getting control of the Senate. I suspect that the Republicans will continue to take care of the House, which means there will be no impeachment. And number two, uh, there's no way they can get control of the Senate, so the, the, the Republicans are going to gain more in the Senate, which means that the next appointee is going to be a shoe-in because they'll now have significant control. They don't have to worry about one or two votes. They're going to have 56 to 58 votes in the Senate, and the House doesn't get to do anything. What's important is that by changing the makeup of the court with this midterm election, I, I, I said it first, other people are now beginning to say it. If, if in fact, the Republicans contain, retain control of the House, which means there won't be any impeachment, and number two, they get 56 to 58 seats in the Senate, Trump will be able to, to get approved whoever they want. The Democratic Party is basically over. And um, they did it. They shot themselves in the foot. They were not paying any attention. Any politician who says, not only do I want to take back the crumbs, I want to increase your taxes, that's not a, a message to success to be reelected. Yet that's what the Democrats and um, um, Nancy Pelosi, the, the minority leader in the House, is, is saying that. We want to take back the crumbs. We want to increase your taxes, and we want to increase corporate taxes. We want to stop this economy from growing. And the American people are not buying that story. And the, and the Democrats continue to flood the media, flood the media. I did a piece that just came out, Jim. It's an amazing, amazing statistic. Only 13%, think about that, Jim, 13% of the of the voters in this country, in the, in the Rasmussen survey, 13% believe that the news media is telling the truth, which it says 87% of the time Americans believe that the stuff that's coming from the news is fake news or lies. Now, they may be saying it, and, they, and, and I heard this is, Jim, this is, this, it was so rewarding to me, I wrote after the presidential election is that the reason why the reporters 
got it wrong in terms of Trump being elected is that they drank the Kool-Aid that the leaders of the news media, which was skewing the polling data to make Hillary look like she was going to win, the reporters drank the Kool-Aid, and they were doubly disappointed because their management screwed them and Hillary Clinton screwed them. Jim, they're drinking the same Kool-Aid again. IQ, uh, your take on this, my friend. Well, I can't add much to it, really. I mean, I've always said the only way Donald Trump can win, and win really good, if enough blacks and Hispanics back him up. If they do, the Democrats will not be elected for the next 30 years. That's all I can add. Because they really are, they're not Democrats, they're fascists. At the governor, I was listening to the website, and you had uh, Linda Sarsour. Now, Linda Sarsour is a Muslim, Sharia-compliant Muslim. A Sharia-compliant Muslim in the United States of America is an oxymoron. Sharia-compliant means she believes in Allah and in the Quran and in Sharia. And she says she is proud of being a Sharia-compliant woman. Well, Sharia speaks for itself. It's the analysis of the Constitution of the United States of America. I know I harp on it again and again and again. But it is fundamental that Americans have to understand that what's happening in America today, the treasonous part is Islam. Don't take my word for it. Look what they're doing. More Muslims have put themselves or their names to be elected to Congress or to positions in politics in America. Any American who votes for a Muslim has to have their brain examined somewhere. I'm not insulting anybody. I'm just telling you. Back to you, sir. So, Jim, can I follow that? Because it's oh, yeah, extremely jump in there. Imp extremely important point. I've written about what's going on in IQ, and I've talked about what's going on in, in England and France and, and Germany is that the, that the, 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 the modus operandi of the Muslims is to come into a country, create a, a fiefdom in, within the country, isolate the people into one enclave of only Muslims. They're called no-go zones in Europe. They're all over. And then they begin to take over the country by getting control of the local government and the, and the regional government and the national government. They're doing exactly the same thing in the United States. They are now the, the vice chairman of the Democratic Party is, is an avowed Muslim. And, um, and so they're doing the same thing, the same playbook that they did in Europe. They're doing it in the United States. And they're going in and they're trying to take over city offices, county offices, state, local governments, and then they're working on, on the national. And so they're slowly but surely taking over the taking over countries around the world, and they're trying to do the same thing. So when what IQ's talking about is absolutely true. And we, as naive citizens, I remember Jim, probably three years ago, maybe four years ago, you might have remembered there was a story about a Sharia court outside of uh, Dallas, Texas, in Irving, Texas, and there were three judges who yes. were deciding, making decisions. Uh, I was the one who broke that story on a national basis and uh, and and reported on that and was in Dallas, Texas. At the same time, Bo Berkdahl was going under his 
his, uh, his trial for desertion. And I had a meeting with 40 business people in Dallas, Texas. And I told them that there was a Sharia court in Irving, Texas. And they said, you're crazy. And I wrote the story and I can't tell you the number of people said, I, I don't know what to say. How did that happen in my town? How did, how did a Sharia, how did our local government approve a Sharia court? And it took a long time for the state of Texas to get rid of that Sharia court. In Michigan, which is predominantly Democratic, there's lots of enclaves in Michigan, and they're doing nothing about it. So it's, it's a situation where divide and conquer, and, and they are much more, and I don't mean to be um, crude when I say this, they're more, much more effective breeders than we are in the United States. They don't have one and a half children. They have six or seven or eight children, so that they can populate a community very quickly. And, and I, I remember writing this story. The day before September 11th, there were 1,200 mosques in the United States. Since September 11th, there are now almost 2,700 mosques in the United States. You might remember, Jim, they were trying to build a mosque at Ground Zero. It just shows the arrogance of these people and what they're trying to do. There is no shame there is no honor. It's everything as it relates to the Quran and Sharia law. That's all they care about. Period. The tragedy is not them. The tragedy are the ones who are Americans, who aid them, support them, and defend them. That's the tragedy. The Muslim mm -hmm. agenda has been literally public for 1,400 years. It should dominate mm -hmm. the humanity under Sharia. I mean, this is their God. This is their Allah. This is their instruction. The purpose of a Muslim is to dominate humanity under Sharia. That's it. Very simple. Yet, right. you have the Pope saying that's not true. And uh, Obama, of course, would say it's not true. He's a Muslim. But even presidents of the United States prior to Donald Trump said, Islam is peaceful, or it means peaceful, yet they don't even speak Arabic. And yet they came to the conclusion it means peaceful. Islam doesn't mean peaceful. Islam means submission. And submission to what? To the will of Allah. Back to you. Yeah. Jim, I, I wanted to, um, uh, as I told you, my second brother-in-law brother passed away Yes. <clears throat> last Friday. Six, uh, six weeks after the the other one died, and uh, and he 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 was diagnosed with stage four lung cancer, and lasted about eight weeks. He only got to two chemotherapy treatments and died three days after the second treatment. But I wrote I wrote a piece. <clears throat> I I I've been on the road driving up to Columbus for the funeral uh, memorial service tomorrow night and funeral on Thursday and then burial on Friday. Um, but I did send off a piece uh, that I I started last weekend. And I wrote it, um, the first part of the article is, is about uh, what our family has gone through in the last four months with uh, the man, who, Uncle Tom, who passed away. His daughter's husband was killed in an automobile accident. Two uncles were killed or died. A cousin died of leukemia. Uh, and I have two more husbands in intensive care, two more cousins in intensive care. So it's been a very, very, very difficult four or five months for us. But I wrote a piece this weekend, and I talked a little bit about about my my relatives who had just recently passed. And then I turned 
to the two funerals over the weekend. Um, John McCain's funeral, and then Aretha Franklin's funeral on Saturday. And I was so angry at Barack Obama and George Bush that they turned John McCain's funeral. I mean, John McCain from the grave insulted the president of the United States by saying that he didn't want him at his family, at his funeral. He didn't even invite the woman who was his vice presidential candidate to come to the funeral. And his daughter uh, was on a tirade attacking the president of the United States. And then George Bush gets up and talks about, they don't, they don't mention him by name. They basically trashed, and I'm saying, wait a minute. We may not have agreed with John McCain, but his funeral is not the time to do a political attack on Donald Trump. Nor was Aretha Franklin's funeral on Saturday a reason to attack Donald Trump. Al Sharpton uh, criticized the president, again, by calling by name, but that uh, y'all need to teach the president what respect means. And I thought it was absolutely amazing. If you do a Google search, this is this funeral was, depending on who you talk to, it was six to eight hours, okay? We got Al Sharpton comp complaining about the president and other things. But if you do a Google search on the funeral, guess what comes up first on the page? You probably you may even not know this. What came up first is the black bishop minister who on national television groped one of the singers. Wow. Groped one of the singers. <laughs> I mean, perfect democratic situation. I mean, but, but the idea that we, that, that death is a very, from my own personal experience, and perhaps yours and, and, and IQ's, very personal experience. My brother-in-law, who just passed, I've I've known him for fifty years, half a century. We've been we've been together, um, and and to see uh, the attack, to use the funeral of the attack, and then I saw Mitch McConnell's comments at the at the ceremony at the Capitol building where he was laying in state in the rotunda, and the nice things he said about about John McCain. It just seems to me that that it's we have lost a value system in our country, and I, I'm I, I said in the article, I said I hope it gets published. Um, <clears throat> I said in the article, I hope that some of the polling organizations poll voters to see what they think about the way the the two funerals bashed the president of the United States, and I just thought it was. Inappropriate is not the best word, Jim. I, I don't know what um, degrading, whatever the right word to show how disdained, how uh, unchristian, on whatever uh, this was, to see two former presidents use the point of another another person's funeral to attack the sitting president of the United States. You know, we had a situation, you may have saw this, Jim, uh, a couple of weekends ago, when um, they were talking to Tiger Woods about uh, the fact that he plays golf with the president and um, and that he uh, has been to the White House and uh, for, to eat, have dinner with him, and and 
Tiger was being pressed about, well, what do you think about this, about the president? What do you think about the president? And Tiger Woods said, look, I respect the office of president and the man who's sitting there. It's a very important job, and he's, he's doing the best he can. And then Jack Nicholas, two days later, came out and supported Tiger's position because he thought it was important to respect the office of the presidency. And I looked at the way the former president talked about the current sitting president and clearly did not respect the presidency. I had to say that, Jim. Sorry. No, no, the no, word, no, no. The expression you're looking for is beneath contempt. Beneath contempt. Thank you. Yeah. Thank you. By the way, I read, I read your article. I think it's on Newsmax. The one about the funeral? Was it, did it get published today? No, no. The one about your family. Oh, okay. Okay. Yeah. So, um, so it, you know, it, it's it's um, it makes me cry for our country that we have leaders, supposed leaders, who want to, to, to who do the things that they are trying to do and take things away from the American people. You know, it, it, the, the Democrats. There was a, another study that I, I saw, I reported on. 93% of all stories about President Trump on CNN were negative. And there was another independent study that showed which of the major networks do you think tells the truth? CNN came in last at 13%. 13%. And so I I, I look at where our country's going and and what's happening. I look at the the protesters uh, who are demanding that Judge Kavanaugh uh, swear that he will not reverse Roe versus Wade uh, or, or they won't support his confirmation. And, you know... I did a piece, which you may have seen, Jim, where I think that part of the problem is that our our education system in our country doesn't teach the Constitution. We don't teach government. People don't people do not understand how our Constitution works and how our government works because one, it's not taught properly, and two, it's taught with bias by uh, many many teachers. Um, survey uh, uh, organization that rates the quality of education. Uh, said that 63% of the college teachers um, in the United States uh, are are left wing, and um, and if you look at the lack of American history, um, the uh, the education associations pointed out that only 17% of of high school graduates have a rudimentary basis of American history. If you don't teach where you came from, how are you going to know where you're going? That's that's it's it's the ignorance of the people is why we're tearing down statues as if tearing down the statue will change history. It doesn't change history. And IQ pointed out just a few moments ago, the the Islamic faith has been Muhammad's faith been around for fourteen hundred years, um, and we've talked about this in the past. It's it's never changed. Uh, and and so it's something that people can believe in because it's 
cons- whether we like it or not, it's consistent from generation to generation. And um, it's important to understand that we have, uh, we have obligations and we're not doing it for our children. And we're, we're, ge- we're building generations of people who have no idea where they come from and what we stand for as a nation. I'll tell you what, this is why, as far as I'm concerned, the November elections are crucial for the survival of Western civilization. I know it sounds uh, pompous or extravagant. It isn't. If, by chance, enough Americans will vote in the senators and congressmen who will support Trump, he will change the education system in the United States of America. He will insist, I have absolutely no doubt about that, that the Constitution must be educated or taught in every school, from kindergarten up to the university. He will change everything, but he needs the votes. Unless these votes come in, America will go down the drain exactly as Europe is going. Take my right. Yeah. Jim, can I ask you a quick question? Yes, jump in there, my friend. Jump in there. What are you What are you hearing about the midterms out in the Midwest? Uh, I hear a lot of folks uh, say that that this could be the blue wave. Uh, I also hear a lot of folks uh, talking about the fact that there is going to be no blue wave. Um, for instance, in our uh, Kansas governor race, uh, there were two there were two guys uh, who were running for the uh, Democratic uh, governor spot, and one of them was a former mayor of the biggest city in in Kansas. The other uh, had had been to to the. Uh, to the Kansas legislature and both of them very, very, very good candidates and would have been great uh, Democratic nominees. But the night of the primary, they got beat by a woman who was a uh, senator from Kansas, I believe, um, who had no Facebook presence, no social media presence. Nobody knew who she was. She was like Hillary Light. When you listen to her, that's how she sounds. And uh, she won. And there's no way in hell <laughs> she is going to become the governor of Kansas. So it's examples like that where I'm like, there's not going to be a blue wave. <laughs> it's not going to happen. I mean, I, I look at all the things, the, the, the ten things that I wrote in the article a few weeks ago. And, and you, you, if you understand one of the basic fundamentals about American politics... It's about the pocketbook. Yes. It's about jobs. And, you know, it's, it's hard. When, when 83% of the people in a survey say they're, they're proud to be Americans, they're, they're happy with the way things are going, why would they throw it out? Why would, why would you turn over your pocketbook to the Democratic Party? What, what is the logic well, and and okay. this this is the thing that that I I hear a lot of folks talking about whether it's whether it's right or left, um, both of them say the same thing, and that is that if you run as a populist, you're going to win. The only reason why there's a lot of people that say the only reason Trump won was because he ran on the basis of 
Nobody's gotten a raise in like 10 years. Uh, the jobs are being shipped overseas. Uh, there are Americans who have to work 5 to 10 jobs just to be able to, to pay their rent. Um, and so they were angry. And so they voted for Trump. And then I've seen a lot of um, liberal progressive folks that will go out to these Trump rallies and they they interview all these Trump supporters and they're trying to get them to to you know they're cr- they're trying to trap them into various questions and things like that and they ask them questions about well why do you still support Donald Trump blah 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 and it's the same thing they say the same thing over and over and over don't have any money there's no jobs and my kids get out of college and they're saddled with uh, a lot of college college debt and they've got this degree and they can't find a job and if the democrats want to take take back you know the presidency and the congress and and everything they have to run as a populist instead of who's going to give us a check that's really i think what it comes down to What, what what do you guys think about all that well, I'm, I'm going to I'm going to let a secret out of the bag, okay? <laughs> okay. Um, um, I'm going to give you, even though I've got a cold, uh, I'm going to give you the the message of a spot that we're pitching to the Republican Party for the campaign, and the spot goes pretty much like this: before you pull the lever or check the box on your ballot, ask yourself this one question. Are you better off today than you were two years ago? If you are, vote Republican. If you're not, vote for somebody else. We are the Republican Party. We stand for you. Perfect. Simple, sharp, to the point. I love it. Well, hopefully we can convince the Republicans to run it. But, you know, it's, you it's just... The Pardon me? I didn't hear you, IQ. I said the less they talk, the, the message has got to be concise. It's got to be sharp, short, deadly. And what you said is sharp, yeah. short, deadly. And I think that that particular, that 20-second spot is, is absolutely spot on as the Brits would say and hopefully they'll they'll see that and they'll begin to use it all over the country because I think it really does come to that if you're better off you know Ronald Reagan said if you're better off today than you were four years ago well Trump hasn't been in four years he's been in not even two and he's saying to the people if you're better off today than you were two years ago vote Republican if you're not vote for somebody else and, and as, you're, as you're right, it's, it's very simple, very easy. It's not complicated about the, the, the Palestinians or oil or any of this stuff. It's real simple. If you feel like you're better off today than you were, vote for us. If you're not, vote for somebody else. And I think anybody can understand that. And, and I, that's what the power of that particular commercial is. And there's another one, which is a 30-second, which I, I may give you sometime in the next few weeks. But... But the idea is that the messages have to be simple and concise, not because the American people are dumb or stupid. It's because the American people will gravitate to simple 
pointed messages that speak to their needs, their wants, and their objectives. And I just don't see how you get a blue wave out of all the things that the Democratic Party is against. And they continued, they continue to step on their toes and their tongues, and they don't seem to know it. And it, it, it's, it's amazing to me that, um, I mean, you remember, Jim, on your show when I predicted who was going to be the candidate, the nominee for the Democratic Party in 2020. I said it was Hillary Clinton. And there were a lot of people when I first told that story months ago thought I was crazy. Now there's a lot of people who think I'm not crazy. <laughs> well, they may think I'm crazy, but not think not crazy about that particular story. <laughs> but it, but it, it's there, there is nobody there. I mean, you got Chuck Schumer, you got Chuck Schumer, and Nancy Pelosi are functionally the leadership of the Democratic Party. Does that make you want to go out and vote? No, especially when Nancy Pelosi says, I want to take back the Trumps, I want to increase your taxes, and I want to increase the size of the government. That's just such a losing proposition, yet they can't, for some reason, can't see that it's an absolute losing proposition. But they continue to profess it. We've got Cortez out of New York, going all over the country, talking about democratic socialism. What we need is free college, no ISIS, no homeland security, no borders, no laws, no country. How does that resonate positively with the vast majority of the American people? How does that create a blue wave? It doesn't. Young people. And yet they don't understand it. They think that she is the darling of the, she is the new Obama, even though she's only 28 years of age. She doesn't know squat. And she embarrasses herself when she talks about, she talks about Uber was the responsible for cab drivers in New York City committing suicide, yet she's using, spent $4,000 on Uber cars. I mean, she doesn't understand what she's saying, and, and the de Democrats think she's the next iteration of Barack Obama. So the choice is probably as clear as it ever been. Do you want Democratic Socialists to be in charge of your country, to take, take back your tax cuts, to increase your taxes and make you pay for Obamacare. Is that what you want? Do you want America to lead from behind? Or do you want to do something else? I think the American people want to do something else. I'm going to be shocked beyond any comparison that if the Democrats win the House, I don't see how it's possible. I do. I do. Honestly. You do? But that's exactly what worries me. You keep saying that the American people are sharp and clever. I don't think they are that sharp and that clever. I don't even think they are that grateful. To have the statistics that the polls are saying, and I know the polls are usually lying anyway, that the black Americans have 36% only support Donald Trump. Why would they be 36%? How is that possible? When they went from eight percent to thirty-six. Yeah, but they almost quadrupled it's too their. little. It's too little. Why? This should be about seventy not, to eighty. It's, no, it's. I disagree with you. I disagree with you. <laughs> it's not too little. It, it's 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 an extremely powerful message 
to the black community. Remember back in the presidential campaign, Donald Trump went to Detroit and he challenged the black leaders. What do you have to lose by voting for me? Yeah, I remember. And they didn't have an answer for him. And he got 8% of the black vote. He now has got 36 to 38% of the black people supporting him. And the economy is only going to get stronger going forward. So I suspect that we're going to see maybe over 40% of the black community. The black community is an integral part of the Democratic Party for support. You've got the, the, the president of the AFL-CIO openly saying about three weeks ago, we might endorse Donald Trump for president in 2020. So that's the unions. That's, that's the second AFL-CIO is the second largest union in the country. And the union leaders are talking about supporting a Republican for president because what's happened is that the rank and file is going back to work. They're making money. They've got jobs. And again, it comes back to that same issue. Jobs are the important issue. And jobs will be the issue. I did see last week, Jim, that the White House has Mr. Trump scheduled currently for about 40 uh, campaign stops throughout the United States for the for the midterm campaigns. And... Um, I think that's a very smart strategy. He does, he does wonderful things. He energizes people, and um, <clears throat> and I, 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 I think he will, he will, single-handedly, drag the Republicans across the finish line to maintain control of the House, and um, um, <clears throat> and it's important uh, for him to go out there and speak to the American people, and a lot of other things are crashing around him. The, uh, the whole social media thing is now back under attack with Twitter and Facebook and, and Google uh, about their, their bias and their search that eliminates conservative Republicans across the whole search spectrum. So there's a lot of things going on. And um, uh, I, uh, there was a thing on the Wall Street Journal this morning <clears throat> about a huge percentage of people, small business people, who are leaving Facebook because they increased their fees and charges to advertise to the point it's not practical anymore for them to advertise on Facebook. So that whole social media thing is going through a major revision. No matter what they're trying to do <clears throat> to, to stop Republicans from winning, I think there's a momentum that, that's growing. And um, and I don't need the Americans. I, I, I When I see uh, Americans say that America is great, that a huge percentage disagreed with Andrew Cuomo that America was never great. Um, what we saw there is the true representation of what the Democratic Party believes. Andrew Cuomo didn't misspeak when he made that statement. Andrew Cuomo spoke from his heart about what he believes and what he thinks the Democratic Party believes, that America was never great. And it will not be great until all of the Democratic agenda is put in place. And that's just an amazing situation that we would, we would consider that. And the American people rejected it uh, out of hand. Like 65% of the people disagree with Cuomo's position. Again, another example, Jim, of people not understanding 
the Democratic Party not understanding what the American people believe. And it's it's crazy, but they, they just don't pay attention. And they're, they're, they're elites. It was the point that I made in my article on the funerals. What we saw in the two funerals over the weekend is the elites trying to tell us what we should think and what we should do. And that didn't work last year, in, or 2016. It's not going to work now. And people are are angry about people telling them, we're smarter than you, you're deplorable, we know what you should do. Well, as we wrap up uh, here with Dan Perkins and IQ Al Rizzoli, IQ, um, give, give us your thoughts on, on, on everything we've talked about today. Uh, look, Dan and I have exactly the same objective is to energize the American people to vote for Trump. There's no question about it. He is much more positive than the average American, at least maybe 50 to 51 percent of them, will be intelligent enough to vote for Trump. But if my, from where I'm standing, I would expect them to be 60 to 70 percent, not 51 percent or 52, because everything in America happening today is positive. They updated, I think, the, from 4.1, the gross national product, to 4.2. I think the projection right. is even higher for the next time. So right. we're talking about social changes. Dan knows more about it than I do. What do you think, Dan? Yes, I, I, I've been saying that I thought that they would revise the GDP uh, at the end of um, September, probably, to uh, 4.3 to 4.5. But I do want to, Jim, I do want to point out one thing for you. Um, I think it was either Friday, I think it was Friday, there was an article written by me on Newsmax. And it's a story about ethics in the media. And I took the, the, the ethics code that is supposedly taught in the journalism schools, and I took that, journal, I took that ethics code and looked at all the major tenets and measured it against how the mainstream media is performing against their code of ethics. Um, the, the publisher, Newsmax, said it was absolutely a wonderful piece. It provided great education and information about what's going on uh, in the media today and was a great lesson to them to remember what eth- that there is a code of ethics for reporters and what they need to do. And... Um, it really got a, a, a good good reaction. So I would encourage your listeners to go to Newsmax, do a search on me, and it's, I think it was last Friday on ethics in the media. So, uh, but it, it gives them a lot of fodder uh, to to for those people who uh, who think that the media is correct. By the way, I read the articles. Very good. Because Thank every you. article Thank you you. wrote. Yeah, I'm not complimenting you. The fact is the truth. The code itself but, is broken every single way by every one of the news media. Right. And I don't understand that. You know, I, I, I've talked to people about this on shows like this, Jim. And when the, when, the, when the Founding Fathers created the Constitution, they create three branches of the government, the judiciary, the legislative, and the executive. But they also encouraged what is called the fourth estate. And the fourth estate was the media, and their objective in the fourth estate was 
to use the media on an unbiased basis to be a check on the three branches of the government. And um, they've lost their, their responsibility under the Constitution to be the, the bastion for the American public to have checks on the legislative and the judicial and the executive branch. They have become, I don't know what, they, they're, they're, they're not another branch of the government, but they clearly are not doing the, the job that the founders envisioned them to do. And I know that there's always been bias in the press forever and ever and ever. I understand that. But I also understand that that um, the, the media does have a responsibility and, and the number of times that the media has misled in the whole, the whole Lanny Davis, I, don't, I wrote a piece on that too. You look at Lanny Davis, and he's testifying, and he's speaking before the judge before sentencing for Cohen. And he's, he's saying that, uh, that, that Cohen has told him that, the pre- that Cohen has heard uh, tapes, uh, something that the president has said. And so all the major networks run it forever and ever and ever. Then Lanny Watkins, Lenny uh, uh, retracts the story that it was misquoted, misrepresented, whatever it is. He he he's saying it, it it wasn't quite the way he said it. And everybody but CNN retracted the story. But if you look at the number of times that stories have been retracted by the major media. Where is, where is their responsibility? Where is their responsibility to report the facts and the truth? They're not doing it. And all the reason, the reason that all the other media, all the networks had to retract the story is because they didn't do any research. They simply took the CNN story and, and replicated it. And so they had, they had no basis on which to defend their position when it came out that the CNN story was, was false. And yet, CNN, everybody else but CNN decided that they were not going to retract the story, even though Lanny took it back. So it's just another example of, of where, is the, where is the media and why aren't they not doing what they're supposed to do? It's, it's just very disheartening. And uh, it's not serving the American public. It's, it's, it's actually creating a deeper and deeper divide in the country uh, by the fact that they they cannot report the good news that Donald Trump has done. They don't want to do that. They don't want to tell the truth. They'd rather tell a lie and, and mislead people. And and it's, it's just over and over and over again. And I'm about to lose my voice here. So. <laughs> well, um, well, we we I gotta we done. gotta wrap the show up anyway, uh, Dan. I hope you get to feeling better. And uh, IQ, we will talk to you and Dan next week. Thank you, guys. Okay. God bless you. Thank take you. Care. Appreciate it. There Thank they you. go, Dan Perkins and IQ. Our it is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, avoid, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus.